What's going on, guys? Welcome on back. This is Second and Short, the NFL radio podcast talk show with your host, Tyler Lauder. And last week, we uh, we had a really great show where we kind of talked about free agent predictions on our wide receivers, this quarterback news that we tried staying out of for a week, you know, just to kind of let it dial down as it's just overweighing free agency and the offseason for 2021 in general. And then we wake up this morning and Dak Prescott secures his bag and we have to talk about it even more. So you know what? We're going to dive on into this. Second and short is here to break down this Dak Prescott deal. So Dallas Cowboys, Dak Prescott have been going back and forth for the past couple of years. Dak Prescott once has just been needing and begging and pleading to receive a long-term deal. That's got some good guaranteed money on it. A couple years ago, he said that he wanted a little over 35 million, you know, because at the time that would have put him at the highest paid quarterback or second highest paid. And then the Cowboys were like, no, we'll offer you about 30, 31. And then they ended up franchise tagging him, which cost them about 31 anyways. So that's what they wanted to pay. And then we fast forward another year and he still wants money, but he wants a little bit more now. He wants closer to 40. I'm sure they could have compromised on like 37, 38. So what do they do? They, they say, no, no, we can't do that. You know, so he finished out the franchise tag and they go to franchise him this year. And he's like, you know what? Dak, Pres- or Dak Prescott deserves to get his money. Last year, Patrick Mahomes signed a mega deal. And I want to be paid as the second highest quarterback in the NFL. So they are forced to this decision. They either let him go and get nothing for him except for a future compensation, you know, comp pick next year. They franchise tag him for $37.7 million, or they sign him to a long-term deal. And the Dallas Cowboys played themselves. So we're going to kind of do a winner-loser here. So the winner in this whole situation, we'll talk about Dallas Cowboys and why they played themselves. The winner here is Dak Prescott, secured a four-year, $160 million contract. This could turn into six years, but it is voidable after four. Now, that contract seems... Okay, decent, you know, whatever. It looks like $40 million a year once you have the guarantees in. So now he's getting more than the franchise tag, and he's getting about $5 million more than he asked for a couple, like two years ago. And he gets $126 million guaranteed. $126 million guaranteed. Like, he went out, he woke up and said, you know, today I choose to secure my financial stability in the future, and he did it. Now of that $126 million guaranteed, Paired up with his yearly contract, he's going to take home $75 million in 2021. And good for him. Good for him. Anybody that's ever talked to me, listened to this show, texted me or anything that knows how I feel that the players are the most important thing. Go get your bag because the owners and all the high ups, they're going to make their money based on your talent and them just having money. They have money. They spend it on you. They make more money. Simple as that. You need to go out and earn your bag when you can. Now, Dak Prescott did have a pretty serious ankle break. And a lot of people, I'm surprised they're saying this, that they're more worried about it than they are guys that go out and like tear their ACLs. I mean, we have, we have Deshaun Watson, who's had like two ACL injuries in his career. Granted, they were, you know, a couple years ago. One was a long, you know, a long time ago when he was really young. But people are not even like questioning at all whether or not they should sign or go out and trade for Deshaun Watson. Yet they're all questioning Dak Prescott and his ankles. And this is what is surprising to me. 
Now, let's assume that Dak Prescott doesn't heal. Doesn't matter to him. He's still going to make his money. The Cowboys in this situation are going to end up being losers in this deal because it doesn't, it doesn't pan out because he's not playing. However, after everybody was kind of saying this, Dak Prescott must have heard something and told somebody because there was a video release of his rehab and his training. And he is jump cutting. He is moving. That ankle looks fine and secure to me. I think he's going to be fine going forward. I think Dak Prescott is a top five quarterback in the league. So he deserves to get paid like it. Now, for those of you that are still out there and you're living in medieval times or whatever, and you still think Dak Prescott isn't a good quarterback, let me just tell you the difference here. The Dallas Cowboys last year, with Dak Prescott in five games, they only went two and three, right? Ah, yeah, well, they were losing a lot. You know, when those games they were losing, he kind of padded his stats, right? Because he, he was trying to get them back in games. Hang on a second. He got them back in games. The Dallas Cowboys, with Dak Prescott last year in five games, averaged around 32 points per game. 32. That's with him. From week six on, when he was gone, the Dallas Cowboys averaged 21 points per game. That's 11 points per game difference with one player. That's insane. All the other talent's the same. Defense doesn't impact this offense and how well they score. The offensive weapons are still there. The offensive line, although people say it's not as good as it used to be because Travis Fredgerson retired early, the offensive line is still good. I mean, of their like top seven paid players, three of them are offensive linemen. Dak Prescott makes his Cowboys team so... It, it, it's insane how much he improves this team. They grow so much more with him on that field. The weapons out there look better than they do with anybody else. Now, what's this going to mean for the Dallas Cowboys and their contracts going forward? Obviously, salary cap dropped. It's getting speculated now. It's going to increase to 183 from our speculated 180. Not a, not a big enough gap to improve on some of these teams in the bottom, but the Dallas Cowboys are flirting with that negative salary cap. They're right around that range. But for this year, Jack Prescott's only, only going to cost them $22.2 million, which means, based on the franchise tag number applied to the salary cap, they save just under $16 million at 15.7. So they save that money, and they still get their quarterback. The issue they're going to run into is next year or the year after that, as soon as they hit these years where, you know, these contracts are backloaded, I'll never understand why teams do this, they're going to have to start cutting guys and releasing them, and everybody's pointing the finger at Zeke. Well, Zeke's contract's too big. Mari Cooper's contract's too big. Well, and maybe you should look on the defense. The defense isn't playing that well. They're highly overrated. I mean, this defense constantly put the offense in a hole that they had to get out of, that Dak Prescott had to throw for 400 yards a game, like, I, I, I saw a statistic, and it was crazy, that in those five games Dak played, when they were losing by 14 or more points, he threw 1,000 yards last year while they were down by two scores. If his defense could just hold true, this offense could outpower everybody and dominate and move forward. Now, those three losses Dak had last year, they were against playoff teams. I think the Ravens, Cleveland, you know, the Rams. The, we had some good teams in there. Anybody that says Dak Prescott shouldn't get this money, is is you're out of your mind anybody that says that the dallas cowboys should have moved on and got somebody else you're crazy like you need somebody like Dak Prescott is 27 and will he be as mobile after this ankle injury maybe not but 
he's still a smart enough quarterback. He's still athletic enough. And he's still strong enough to kind of hold in that pocket. The Dallas Cowboys now can focus on the other side of the ball. They've secured their quarterback, their running back, their receivers. They've got three really, really good offensive linemen. They can kind of find another, you know, find another right guard and a center that they could probably improve on. They've been working on this. But on the defensive side, that's where you've got to work. Go the Carolina Panthers route. Go out and draft seven defensive players this year. Do whatever you can to improve that defense. Linebackers, improve. Cornerbacks, improve. Pass rush needs to be improved. Mark Soren needs help on the other side. Dak Prescott, for you signing this contract, you get a huge A for us. Good job. Well done. Way to get that money. Dallas Cowboys, jury's still out. You're going to be in trouble in a couple of years. You get a B because you secured your quarterback, but you're going to be in trouble if you don't manage the salary cap next year. I mean, then again, Jerry Jones is a smart man. Maybe. Just maybe he knows something that we don't know. Maybe that new TV contract coming on in is going to improve the salary cap next year by 20, 30 million, and they'll be okay. We'll find out more in the coming days. Now, with that, what I did just said is that Dak Prescott technically had to get franchise tagged here. Because the deadline is today, it ends at about 2, 2 p.m., uh, 4 p.m. Eastern time, but 2 p.m. for us regular people and Mountain Standard. With that being said, since he got franchise tagged today, after the end of this four-year contract, because now it's an extension on top of a franchise tag, he cannot be tagged when this contract's up. So when he hits age 31 in four years, and that voidable deal is over where he can void it, he's a free agent. He can walk. On top of that, he has a no-trade clause, which means the Cowboys can't get rid of him unless he approves it. And he has a no-cut clause. So, I mean, this, this is... I mean, you can't cut him. You have so much dead money, but this is... They, this is the problem with the Dallas Cowboys. You didn't want to pay him back when guys like Jared Goff and Carson Wentz were getting their deals, and now you're getting punished. But you know what? You need your quarterback, and I don't care what anybody says. I get it. Washington's got a better defense. The Giants have better stability across the whole team with pass rush, and you know if Barkley comes back, decent offensive line. Dak Prescott makes the Cowboys the favorites to win the East. I don't care what anybody says. If Dak Prescott would have played last year, the Cowboys would have won 9-10 games. Simple as that. If they win 9-10 games, they win their division. Dallas Cowboys, go out, improve your defense, and this team could be even better in 2021. With that being said, we're going to come right back to what I just said. We're going to talk about the franchise tag after this music break. When we come on back, we're going to talk about the update on who has been declared franchise tag per their franchise, who is going to be let go and hit free agency because somebody was franchised, and the speculation on who we're still waiting on while the clock and the countdown happens over these next three hours. This is Second and Short, and let's take a quick music break. When we come on back, we'll talk about those franchise tags. And welcome on back to 89.1 KBHU, 90.7 KJKT, The Buzz. My name is Tyler Lauder, and this is, again, Second and Short, the NFL premier podcast radio show. Last segment, we got done talking about Dak Prescott and talking about how we graded that and everything. And I kind of led into where he's franchise tagged technically with the contract extension following that. So let's talk about more franchise tag news up to the date. As the deadline is today, 
4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 2 p.m. Mountain Standard Time for us regular people. Let's talk about who has received the franchise tag so far and kind of go over them team by team. Now, updated news, as these news are still coming on in, we do know that the Carolina Panthers did franchise tag right tackle Taylor Moten. Now, patting my own back right now, two weeks ago I predicted that Taylor Moten will be one of the top four franchise tags of the NFL season. And it happened. Now, the reason why this happened, pretty simple. He was a number three right tackle based on pro football focus last year. He is pretty much the only stability the Carolina Panthers have had on that offensive line over the past three years. And with the whole direction of, you know, people like Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson saying that they don't want to play with the team that's not going to care about them. Well, the best way to care about a quarterback is to protect him. Simple as that. Carolina relies on its run game, relies on Christian McCaffrey to make big plays. They need the quarterback to stay up so they can hit those guys deep like Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore. And with that being said, this is a great franchise option for Carolina. I think a contract is going to follow as well. Another correction that I had on top of Dak Prescott as well. So right now I'm two for two, right? Justin Simmons, Denver Broncos. It is going to be a second consecutive franchise tag for him. And what that means for him is that he's not going to be getting paid the 11 million that other safeties are going to get paid. He gets 120% of what he had last year. So he's going to be closer to 14 million. Good for him. This is this Vic, Vic Vangio like defense that he's in is like a perfect fit. It's like a, just the rhythm is good with it. There's a nice melody, nice tune. Like if you're a Broncos fan, Justin Simmons has got to be your favorite defensive player right now at the moment. He's been grading out well on pro football focus, getting over 80 grades this past two years. He had a huge year making second team all pro. I think he is the best player on that Denver defense. Some people argue with me, whatever. They like Bradley Chubb. They're still, you know, salivating over Von Miller from a couple years ago. But Justin Simmons, keeping him is key. I think a long-term deal will get settled out. I don't know why they haven't yet, but I don't know how front offices work. Like, if I had a guy that was performing at a high level for me and the system fit was perfect and he was never in trouble at the media or, or the law or anything, I'd, I'd give him a contract that he would like. But moving on. Now, the Jacksonville Jags have franchise tag tackle Cam Robinson. There's speculation he was going to hit the free agency, but I think it's the same thing. You know, new head coach Urban Meyer and potential new quarterback Trevor Lawrence, the number one pick in the draft, they need somebody to protect him. The Jags have not had uh, a great offensive line for pretty much the majority of their franchise. I mean, they've had some decent offensive lines on like outlier seasons, like here or there, but there's been no stability for the longest time. Guys they think are supposed to, you know, boom for them, don't. Luke Jokel, you know, second overall pick a couple years ago. They have tried time and time again. Cam Robinson is a very, he's one of these guys that can play on the left or right side. He can play inside as well. I think he's very versatile. And I think having a guy like this gives you options going forward into the second round or even into free agency, as the Jags do have so much cap space. New York Giants are franchise tagging defensive tackle Leonard Williams. There's talks right now that they are in the middle of working out a contract similar to what just happened with Dak Prescott, where this franchise tag extension is going to happen, and then the franchise tag won't be able to happen after that if they get a deal done. He is key to the pass rush being so good for the Giants and having that ability to just get to the quarterback, stop the run game. 
it all starts with him plugging up that middle and even when he bursts outside. The New York Jets are also franchise tagging a safety. They are franchise tagging Marcus May. Marcus May had a pretty good year last year, uh, graded on the top 10 as well for Pro Football Focus. The Jets have a ton of money as well, just like I was talking about Jacksonville. They're the top two with cap space. When you've got so much cap space, franchise tag is just an obvious move to make. A deal might get made. I don't know if it will, though. We'll, we'll to see here. I, I don't see the Jets prioritizing him, especially after they just traded away Jamal Adams. Who knows if they want to get stuck in a situation like that again with contracts. But And then we get reports that Brandon Sheriff, offensive guard, Washington football team, is going to receive another franchise tag. Now, Brandon Sheriff had a career year at it was like age 28. And what I mean by career year is he is one of three offensive guards in the NFL last year, 2020, to grade over an 80 in both run protection and pass protection. His career year combination led to him having like an 87 football focus grade, showing just how good he was. He doesn't give up a lot of penalties, doesn't give up a lot of sacks. He creates holes for his run game, and he is one of the most important offensive guards in the NFL. I think him and Washington are going to agree to a deal. Ron Rivera seems to be one of those guys that can have an influence and make people want to stay, play with him. I mean, really, it's, it's the front office can kind of, you know, draw the lines here and make situations murky. But realistically, Ron Rivera is a player's coach, and guys want to stay with him. And I think if they can get a good running, or a good, a running game, they have a decent running game with Antonio Gibson, but if they can get a good quarterback in there, take place uh taylor henneke is not the option for me i think he's just a nice solid backup and everything a breath of fresh air if you may but if they can get a you know a nice solid quarterback in there maybe somebody like cam newton uh i think would fit well with them ryan fitzpatrick is supposedly retiring not retiring we don't know that also be another good fit for them just get somebody that can deliver in one way or the other whether that's on the ground or in the air and Brandon Sheriff, I think, will sign a long-term deal. Now, the latest one is Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, they had an issue, right? <clears throat> we talked about this a couple weeks ago. They win the Super Bowl. Great. That's awesome. They want to run it back. Mike Evans is going to take less money to sign everybody. But the issue was, is who do they guaranteed keep? Levante David, you know, one of the best off-the-ball safety, off-the-ball linebackers, excuse me, in the NFL. He's a free agent. Shaq Barrett, who the past two years has been a double-digit sack master, he has kind of come to life after he left Denver in this Tampa Bay uh, Arians you know, defense. And they also have 24-year-old potential wide receiver one, so say he's a step off of being a wide receiver one, whatever, Chris Godwin. Now, they've, they, they can guarantee keep one of these guys with the franchise tag, but who's it going to be? Well, apparently that's going to go to Chris Godwin, which might be one of the smarter moves who knows maybe the defense like those guys will want to stay it's easier because somebody like chris godwin who's 24 years old he could hit free agency and just see just bags all across the nation of just money and that he could go get and probably more guarantees than tampa can give him so locking him into the franchise tag and then having some more time to work out a long-term deal is what's going to happen here now be on the look for this i know they like chris godwin and I think he fits really well in Tampa Bay. However, there are reports out there 
that Tom Brady and Odell Beckham Jr. would like to play together. They're friends. They get along. They work with each other really well. They, you know, it's, <laughs> I think, I, I agree with, there's a lot of people on sports radio across the past couple of days that have heard this same news. And I, I'm in the same boat as most of them, that Odell does need to change the scenery. I don't believe that him and Baker Mayfield are on the same page. I don't think that they completely get along. I, I think that the powers that be, I think Odell needs somebody that is older than him by a good amount, like Tom Brady, that can just be a, a, a true older vet leader that Odell respects. If you respect your quarterback and your quarterback respects you, you're going to go a long way. And Odell Beckham doesn't have the same shine and appeal that he did when he was like a brand new receiver in the NFL, but he's still elite. Like, we cannot act like he's not elite. So, why I'm bringing this up now, we could potentially see a deal of Chris Godwin for Odo Beckham and some picks. If this happens, then everybody, I think, is happy. Godwin can go somewhere, sign an extension with Cleveland, play with the younger quarterback, be the true number one there with Jarvis Landry as his supporting actor, who's a really good supporting actor. And Odell Beckham can play with Tom Brady. Now, will this will happen? Maybe not. Probably not. There's, it's, there's so many variables going into this that, that that is just kind of like a pipe dream type thing. But if it comes true, you heard it here first. Godwin for Odell swapping teams in a trade after this franchise tag has been applied. And that's kind of where we're at with franchise tags. Now, literally, I could turn on my computer, turn on my phone right now, and we could see an update, and there could be a brand new franchise tag as we speak. We're not sure. I mean, this literally can come in at any moment. And at this point, we don't even know if the franchise tag deadline is going to sit still. The NFL might extend this. And there's been talks without, you know, true TV deals coming out that they don't actually know what's going to happen. But as it stands right now, it looks like those are the only franchise tags and there's not going to be any more. There are teams that are still trying to get deals done. People are still trying to get players in place apparently the new orleans saints have already said we're not using our franchise tag which they mainly can't because they don't have any money uh, but then we also see the pittsburgh steelers who just like restructured big ben's contract and even though they restructured big ben's contract to save money they're not going to re they're not going to resign or franchise tag uh pass rushing you know edge rusher bud dupree so he is going to be able to test free agency and that is kind of the news that we have on those deals right there. So, with that being said, I think the right players got franchise tagged. I think each team made the right move for their team to go forward. I don't think... There's only one more player that I think should get franchise tagged that's on this list, and that is Chicago Bears franchising Allen Robinson. Because, let's be honest, Allen Robinson is one of the best receivers in the league. And if you don't franchise him, you are just going to let him walk for nothing, especially when somebody like Matt Nagy, Ryan Pace, are literally on the edge of getting fired. They are in a situation where this is probably their last year unless they either A, make a big move in free agency through trade or do something with the draft. B, after they do that, they deliver and have kind of like a 9 to 10 to 11 win season, showing growth and consistency if they don't do that they're out the door so the fact that they're going to let Allen robinson currently 
go for nothing just shows the lack of the lack of I don't even know just the the I, I if I was a Bears fan I wouldn't trust my front office I'd want somebody new in there but we'll see this is second and short the NFL podcast radio show we're gonna take another quick break here we're gonna listen to a song and once we have to listen to one song we're gonna jump back in and we had two big trades that happened over the past couple of days both are regarding offensive tackles and both of them are kind of in completely different situations but we're gonna talk about those deals why they got traded, and how they'll impact their new teams. And welcome on back to Second and Short with your host, Tyler Lauder. Now, we are at the end of our show here, you know, and we are going to kind of talk about some trades that just happened with some offensive tackles in a league that the passing game is so important. You know, you need to protect the quarterback, so we can have more time to throw because it's a throwing league. And now tackles are getting tossed around like they're nothing. All right, so let's start with the first one that broke, actually. We're going to start with Isaiah Wilson, former Georgia Bulldog. This offensive tackle was drafted last year, the 29th overall pick by the Tennessee Titans. He played about four snaps and then was kind of put on, you know, the reserve COVID list for pretty much the entire year. And... He was unhappy with, I think, just playing in Tennessee in general, but he kind of has some red flags. Now, he has been charged with, a, well, he's gotten a warning with trespassing. He has a DUI that he got back in September for crashing his car. I mean, pair those things with him complaining about playing with them and wanting to be traded or let go. I mean, this is just, for my, for my opinion, this is crazy. Like, you made the league. Clearly, you wanted to play in the league because you declared for the draft. If you didn't want to play in the league with the rules that they have of anybody can draft you, then you should have waited a year and then just walked on as a free agent somewhere, made about 120th of what you actually would have made, what you made you know, getting drafted in the first round of the NFL compared to guarantees and everything. And then you could have went about that route and picked your own team that wanted to sign you. And now here we are with a guy that is so young and he's already got problems, and he's a head case at this point, as others are declaring him. And because of that, the Titans really couldn't get much for him. They sent him away with a 2022 seventh-round pick. And in return, they get a 2021 seventh-round pick. That's it. Now, they do, however, don't have to pay him anymore. His contract is switched over. His guarantees are over and everything like that. So that's, that's wiped off. There's a little bit of dead money and everything involved in it, too. but. Really, they just got this contract off their hands. They can move forward. I, I will never understand somebody that wants to do a job and then as soon as they get hired for the job, just complains about doing the job. Like, don't apply for that job then. Don't go into that process knowing that you're going to be put in these situations. Simple as that. Now, the other trade that happened that I think is more significant and more deserving of actual conversation because it's not from a player that's really complaining about stuff. We have... Uh, we have we have offensive tackle Trent Brown is gonna be 28 this year. Uh, he is leaving the Las Vegas Raiders and he is headed back to New England, who actually acquired him in a trade a couple years ago and actually let him go in free agency. Now Trent Williams only played about 282 snaps. Uh, you know he was only there for five games this year and then got put on the COVID list twice, so he was out for multiple weeks uh, and then just kind of sat on the reserve for the rest of the year. 
but in the time he played, he kind of graded out, you know, about, about 69 pro football focus grades. So uh, a low end starting tackle, a high end backup in reserve. The trade was the Raiders get a 2022 fifth round pick and the Patriots get a 2022 seventh and Trent Brown. He's got one year left on this deal. It has been restructured uh, to only inquire about $11 million, uh, going on the salary cap in 2021. Now, in his five games, he did not allow a sack. He also only had one penalty. So that is a huge positive to talk about there where we can't project that he wouldn't get a lot of sacks going forward and everything. But his play has not really slept, you know, dipped off the radar. Like It hasn't jumped into the water yet. It's not fallen off the cliff. And yet, this guy is constantly on the move. I'm going to kind of read to you guys what has happened. Okay, so in 2015, he was drafted in the seventh round by the San Francisco 49ers. In 2017, he goes on IR. And then in 2018, in the last year of his rookie deal, he gets traded to the New England Patriots for a fifth-round pick. But him in a fifth for a third. And then he plays one year with the Patriots, and they just let him go to free agency. And then he signs a big deal with the Raiders and then he gets put on IR and then he comes back again to the Patriots. And essentially what's happening here is because he is on the New England Patriots and they're paying him 11 million this year. They had to let all pro guard Joe Thune go because they let Joe Thune go. They now have a whole offensive guard. Now they have secured the offensive tackle position. They've gotten a guy that is familiar with their system, a guy that they're familiar with, and a guy that they like. So for the Patriots, this is a huge move. Now the Raiders are obviously trying to cut money. We don't know what they're trying to cut money for. I'm speculating they're going to trade for Russell Wilson. I really think it's going to happen because they have two quarterbacks that potentially a team could want in Derek Carr or Marcus Mariota. On top of that, they can give away their first-round picks. We already know Mike Mayock is a guy that knows the value of these picks and everything, but he is, knows the value of players that he likes, and he loves Russell Wilson. And I think John Gruden does too. And they just cut Richie Incognito, so the Raiders are clearing up big money. So those are the two big trades we had. Now, if you guys checked out this past week, I just dropped on Second and Short's YouTube channel two brand new videos highlighting and covering free agent predictions for top five wide receivers, as well as the J.J. Watt signing. I am going to drop on TikTok and YouTube, Instagram, everywhere on second and short. More videos to come this week. I want to sit here and talk to you guys now, but my time is almost up. I'm going to break down all the top free agents and where they're going to land before this happens. When we come back next week, I'm going to prepare my first mock draft of the season, one of two, because I'm only going to do two, before free agency, kind of on where I think teams are going to go. I'm going to get this out of the way. It's going to be a spoiler. Trevor Lawrence is going number one of the Jags. Simple as that. I think we're in a time where quarterbacks are moving up, and we're going to have five quarterbacks enter that first, that first top five picks, or top ten picks, sorry. And I think it's going to get chaotic here in the next couple of weeks. Free agency opens up in like, like 20 days, not even, like 18 days. And I think we're going to see a lot of unique things. And with that being said, go ahead and check me out on those socials. I'm going to be dropping... All my free agent predictions over there. When we come on back next week, like I said, NFL Draft Talk. And we're going to discuss all the latest hot topics on what has happened from now until then. Which is probably going to include another quarterback, right? Because it always will. This is 2021. It's a crazy offseason. With all that being said, 
My name is Tyler Lauder. Thank you guys for joining me today. Second and short NFL podcast radio show. 